In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, uh, chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. Again, that is John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. We shall continue our series on the Gospel of John. And the title of today's sermon is, I Am Not. Based on John chapter 1, verses 19 to 28, the gospel, according to John, declared that the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We see that in verse 1. And in the succeeding verses, we note that and nothing was created without Him, because He was there in the beginning, and creation was made through Him. The Word gave us physical light and spiritual light. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled with His people. But many of His people did not receive Him. But to those who did, meaning those who believed in his name, became children of God. And we see that in verse 12. It was not the physical birth that made them children of God, nor was it human will. They were born of the will of God, not any man. The first point is, I am not, similar to the title John the Baptist caught the attention of the Jews. We don't see it in this text, but if we cross-reference, for example, in Mark, we see that in Mark chapter 1, verse 5, that all Judea and Jerusalem went to him. Again, when we say all, it may not be every single person, or it may be like many of them, the way we use all as well. So when you see the word all, in the Bible, we have to, you know, think twice what did it really mean. Like when we say all or there's nobody here, 
doesn't mean literally there's nobody here. Maybe there are a few people here. So you're calling your friend. Nobody's here. There's only one person here. Uh, technically, there's somebody there. You can't say nobody's there. So in effect, it's just like all Judea and, Jer and uh, Jerusalem, or it may literally mean every single person went to him. Now, the religious leaders sent emissaries to investigate. They wouldn't investigate if you're a nobody. But John caught the attention of a people. Now, John admitted that he was not the Christ, Elijah, or the prophet. Uh, let's read that from verse, verses 19. And let's read verses 19 to 21, I mean. And this is the testimony of John. Not John the writer, John the Baptist. Right? Don't be confused of the two Johns. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. Now, priests and Levites are... When you say priests and Levites, they may not be high-ranking. But if they belong to the group of Pharisees, they seem to have the respect of... Israel, of many of the Jewish people. So they were sent, sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Now, it's important to note these three things that were asked. So, uh, are you the Christ? Because the Christ or the Messiah was promised in the Old Testament by many writers, prophecies, and they all seem to harmonize with each other of the coming Savior, the coming Messiah. So, are you the Christ? Because they were waiting for the Christ to come. And of course, he said, I am not the Christ. What then? Are you Elijah? Because the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, spoke about the coming of Elijah to fix things before the coming of the Messiah. And he said, I am not. Although later we will discuss that actually he was. But he claimed, I am not. Then are you the prophet? And we find this in Deuteronomy where Moses said that he spoke about a prophet like him. Like him in the terms of perhaps one who gave a covenant with Israel. And there was none like Moses throughout except one who is like Moses but actually greater than Moses. Jesus Christ. And he also said, I am not. No. I'm not the prophet. Now, here's something we see about John the Baptist. He was not self-absorbed. You know what self-absorbed means? When we are full of ourselves. You know, you know, instead of singing, How Great Thou Art, we sing the song, maybe not outwardly, but in our hearts, How Great I Am. Let's sing that song again. How great... Okay, good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wasn't self-absorbed. He said, no, I'm not the Christ, but you see, I'm also an important person, you know. 
No, 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 there was nothing like that. There was absolutely nothing like that. And probably John did not even know he came in the spirit of Elijah. And you will find this that Christ himself said actually John the Baptist was Elijah, even though John denied it. So one theory is John knew, but he didn't want to say, but that's unlikely. There's a probability he was fulfilling biblical prophecy without even knowing it. So he did not claim he was Elijah. And where do you find that? Matthew 17, 12 to 13, a reference that John the Baptist was the prophet that was prophesied by Malachi. He claimed that he was not what they were looking for. He was not. If somebody asks you, are you the son of God? I hope you say no. God made us sons and daughters, uh, but not thee. There's only one who is the son of God. But who was he? The next point, he was the voice. So he said, I am the voice. Now the emissaries of the Pharisees and Levites pressed the questions. John's only claim was that he was the voice in the wilderness Nothing more. The message was to prepare the way of the Lord. Let's read verses 22 and 23. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And that was what John knew who he was, a voice, and nothing more. It's interesting to note that the emissaries did not really pressed the question on who he was, although they did mention it before, but it seemed like the question, because they were already anticipating the Christ, the prophet, Elijah, they were anticipating. So is this the one? So he's saying, no, 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 no. Now, they were sent to determine if the man baptizing, when he say baptizing, we believe he was immersing people in water. Okay. In the Jordan, although it was, it says here, as John was writing, on the other side. Maybe on the other side of uh, the bay. He was baptizing. And in those days, uh, the Gentiles were the ones being baptized into Judaism. It was a practice. It wasn't uh, a stated that it should be practiced in the earlier parts of the Old Testament. But somehow, in those times, it was the practice of those Gentiles moving. So it was like, why Gentiles should be baptized? Why is he baptizing Jews? So it's a question. Where are the Jews transferring? But he said I'm, he was just baptizing a baptism of repentance. And we see that in the Synoptic Gospels, but he did not specify here because the writer, John the writer, John the Beloved, the writer's intent 
was to be really quick because he really wanted to expand who Christ was. So he gave a very short portion for John the Baptist because John the Baptist's claim anyway is he's nothing but the voice. So he just wanted to say he's the voice. Of course, there's a richer story behind John the Baptist. And if you're interested, you can look for it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's a richer story. But again, it depends on the author's intent. And the author's intent was really to show that indeed the Word became flesh. And there was a forerunner, a forerunner who was actually in blood related to Mary. Their mothers are related, okay, their sisters, okay. Related, but then John would say later on, I, I actually I don't know him. He knew him as a kid, yes. But then when it was revealed to him by God that this is the word, then he said, no, no, I don't really know him. The question, who are you, allowed John to state his purpose, which was the voice. The voice. Now, when you think of the voice, I hope you remember John the Baptist, not the competition, the singing competition, the voice. You remember John the Baptist. Now, it's very interesting to really put our attention here, even though he has a short segment in, in according to John, the writer, he gave John the Baptist a short segment, but why should we look into this? One, because of how he fulfilled his purpose and only his purpose without any extras. I'm the voice and that's me. That's what I'm sent to do. Um, no other claims but the voice. Now, and then one more. Not just the voice, but he believed he was not worthy. So the third point, I am unworthy. So the first was, I am not. The second is, I am the voice. And the third is, I am unworthy. God sent John to be a witness. His authority comes from God, not from human institutions. And I'd like to say this. Every time you proclaim the gospel, your authority does not come from your pastor. It is from the Word of God. The pastor's role is to teach you what the Word says on what the gospel is. And you should confirm it as you study it as well. But every time we proclaim the gospel, it is in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. So why are you baptizing? And he... The Baptist spoke about the one that the religious leaders do not know claiming that John was not worthy of even the lowest position. He was baptizing people to prepare the way of the Lord. Although some people don't seem to listen, they keep persisting, why do you do this? So sometimes the best way to answer somebody you have answered before is to just not answer it. So then he changed the subject to the one who is to come, who they were looking for. Let's read verses 24 to 28. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? 
John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now John made it clear that he was only a voice, the witness, nothing more than the lowest servant. Now, when he said, I'm not fit to untie his sandal, what was he trying to say? In those days, the servant, the lowest ranking servant, the lowest ranking, the latest recruit maybe, is the one that really washes the feet. And uh, now, your feet are nice these days, right? You even go to spas, okay, foot spas, all right? In those days, no, they walk the road. It's dusty and muddy. Uh, and uh, it's really a degrading work. Only the humblest or the lowest of servants can do that. Now, John's saying, I'm not even fit to do that. I'm even lower than that. John knew his place in reference to Christ. And I think, we, I think we should discover or rediscover our place in relation to who Christ is. Now, I know that Christ is good and many of us have been tried to be awakened by some preachers. He's also our brother and I totally agree. A brother, a savior. And we should not lose that. But at times, we're losing this other part. You remember when James wrote his letter? James was a blood brother of Christ on earth. Yeah, Mary had other sons. The writer of James. James said, he did not say James, the earthly brother of Jesus. Hmm? You better listen to me. No, he said, James, a servant. Now, we... And most of our songs today is about building that intimacy, but we're losing that other part where we just have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you because I am nothing without you. Lord, thank you for allowing me to serve. I don't even deserve this. Whatever service you're doing for the Lord, let us not think more of ourselves. It is a privilege to serve. We are unworthy. I could not even... That... What's the lowest servant? If there's a level zero, then that's me. There is a level zero. You know, at times what we do in the prayer meetings, the gathering, it is not praying for a long list of prayers. It is really mainly humbling ourselves because we lose that by ourselves sometimes. To gather in prayer is just to, to acknowledge our sin and ask for forgiveness and to have a time of humbling, of kneeling and bringing the self low. Because that part is not taught by many with regards to prayer. And because the heart is so deceitful that every now and then we want to be proud 
We want to be better and more right than others. And we, we are envious. And because of our envy, the pride is connected there. Every now and then, we must be reminded, get down. Let's go to the presence of the king. Of course, we are also in the presence of our brother. And we should not lose that intimacy yet. Not forgetting And uh, there are many promises as well. James wrote it himself. James, the brother. Humble yourself in the presence of God that he may lift you up. Jesus said, they who humble themselves will be exalted. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, will be brought low. Part of Christianity or being a Christian is reminding ourselves throughout the day, I'm nothing without you. I'm unworthy. I'm a wretched sinner and I will never forget that. That's why I am thankful for every little thing that you change in me, Lord. Every time I learn to be patient, praise the Lord. Every time I could extend a helping hand, praise the Lord. Because we... Are not worthy. But the moment we become proud of it. That's why don't even let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Especially in the area of charity. Don't even post it on Facebook and say, hey world. Look, I'm part of this. Ain't I good? It's hard when we make it ourselves. That is the wrong kind of Christianity. It is who I am, who I am, who I am in Christ. Yet there is truth in that. I'm not throwing that away. We are a new creation in Christ. And I believe in that. But the focus is what he did on the cross. And through that what he did in our lives. How he has drawn us to himself and led us to believe. And our believing in him. You see, let's not even be proud of that. Uh, I was called to repent and I repented. There's not even anything to be proud of that. Let's not even be proud of that when we proclaim the gospel. Let's just say, by his grace. We should all repent. You should repent. I should repent because that is the call of God. John made it clear that he was only a voice. The witness, according to John the writer, he was the witness of one coming, of the one coming. Nothing more than the lowest servant, according to John the Baptist. And that settled the question concerning who are you? His ministry, like all ministries, should be about Christ. The interaction happened in Bethany, which is southeast of Jerusalem. Now, why did John, the beloved, the writer, had to say it's in Bethany? It's, it's to remind them of the history. This took place here. It, it, it gives some, some, um, some truthfulness into what happened, some evidence of what happened. Because if you ask people around there who are still alive, they'd remember that. 
if they're still alive. Because remember, when John wrote John, he was pretty old. Application. We are not. Please say with me, we are not. Thank you. Every servant should know their place. Let us not make Christianity about us. Be careful of preachers. Every Sunday they make it about you and they entice you to be in their church because they're fantastic motivational speakers and you want, you're looking for the feel good. We were warned by Paul through Timothy as he wrote to Timothy. He says, there will come a time that people will just want to listen to what they want to hear, to tickle them. But it's not sound doctrine because sound doctrine, part of sound doctrine is encouraging and rebuking. That's just it. Sound doctrine as well is about the central figure, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the central. Let us not do service to God or assuming we're doing it to God, but we are the center. So how do we watch this? We watch our words, how we speak. That's why when we train you to share your life story, it begins with your background, the past. Then a turning point. And that turning point is not about us, it's about Christ. What He did. And then what now? The what now, we still give glory to Him and careful not to give glory to ourselves. So we say it is because of Him, because of His grace, because of His mercy. It is not about us, it is about the Messiah. Therefore, like John, the beloved who wrote the Gospel of John, and John the Baptist, what did they do? They pointed everyone to Christ. The same way with us, we point people to Christ. How do we do this? First, believe that our salvation and justifications are through Christ alone. Not our works. We have to remind people and remind ourselves, although we must live moral lives, but morality does not save us. We must obey the Bible, but obedience does not save us. Only how? Justification through faith. We are justified through faith. And what is faith? Believing in who He is. That's why we are detailing the description of who Christ is. Believing in who He is and what He has done on the cross. His finished work. That's why we must understand this. Because many of us think we know it. We know it out of tradition. But the details and the significance of it we must understand. Because it's faith in that that justifies us. And the result would be a new heart given to us by God. That we, we want to obey. That's the result. We want to follow. We're not forced to. It's not the sheer will of discipline that makes us obey, but the Spirit of God that dwells within us, that gives us that new desire. We are not. It's not about you, not about me. Is that okay? 
So husband and wives tell each other, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about Christ. <laughs> In our relationship, you also say, it's not about me, husband or wife. Reverse it. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And let's work on this, okay? You'll have a better marriage it's about, if it's about him. Now, some would say, but I'm like John the Baptist. Therefore, wife, repent. <laughs> uh, oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. But all of us, next point in the application. Well, let, let me just add a little more. First, let's believe that our just justification or salvation is through Christ alone. Number two, let us live daily grateful for this truth. Daily, grateful for this truth. That what? We do not save ourselves. You see, if it's a point system, we lose. How many sins do you commit a day? Every day versus the noble things you do every day. Huh? In a week. It's so easy for us to hate somebody or, or be angry without reason or be envious or, or curse. Cuss, we say that, a cuss. And it's even an expression, I-P-I. And that doesn't mean Philippine Islands, okay? <laughs> How often do we make these mistakes or sin? If it's a point system, nobody passes. Nobody. You don't have to murder to be a sinner. If you hated somebody, you're a sinner. If you lied to somebody, you're a sinner. A killer just has to kill once to be called a killer. A liar just needs to lie once to be called a liar. So friends, bad news. We are liars. How are you? I'm okay. Liar. <laughs> Sometimes you can be honest. By God's grace, not so good, but coping by God's grace. You can be honest. You have a nice way of saying it, you know? Just don't say, not good, because of you. Right? Just don't. <laughs> you got to start a fight. Uh, but every time we have to be grateful, we are saved by Him. So it doesn't become about us. Now, if somebody promised you after you become a Christian, and if you were guilty of this, please stop it. If you just surrender to the Lord, Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> no, no, no. For your soul, yes. Okay? You have to qualify it. For your soul, yes. Believe in Him. It's going to be all right. But not everything else. In fact, He promised persecution. And He promised suffering because that's the way He shapes our character. Oh, Brother Ed, you're not so popular. That's why. Because you have to preach something negative. That's what the word says. It's not about me, right? It's about the truth. If it's about me, I wouldn't want to hurt you because I want you to look good in the sight of everybody. I like everybody to say nice things about me. And don't be tempted for people to always, you the desire to say always nice things about you. 
We share the word, and that's it. Don't also do bad things so they think bad of you. Just, just do follow the word of God. But there is no room to boast. Because we are just a voice. We are like the voice. Point number two. The prophets pointed to the coming of the Messiah. But John the Baptist was the first to witness. Take note. You know, these prophets saying, he's going to come. You know how, how, allow me to share in earthly terms, how amazing and privileged and exciting and adventurous was the role of John the Baptist because all these prophets hoped to see him. And John saw him. I don't know what discussions they had in heaven when he came in. You were really his cousin, huh? You were his cousin? How, how was he like? Oh, he was like any other kid, but there was something different about him. Then suddenly, one day, I couldn't talk to him anymore. He, I just knew he was the Word. He was the pre-existent God who was there in the beginning. And that changed everything. I realized I was so unworthy. No, I made that up, okay? But using biblical text, okay, of what the discussion might turn out because Abraham looked for that city and they looked for that king the king who would rule forever but John saw him but the privilege would really go to the disciples because they would witness the suffering death and resurrection but praise God I live in this time amen Oh yeah, I praise God I live in this time because they have wrote and gave us the guidance. I can't keep wondering what did I say I mean. I just keep hoping. I'm just glad by God's grace. Now the Lord Jesus commissioned His disciples to proclaim the gospel and make disciples of all nations which they passed on to succeeding generations. And it reached us to this generation and to this nation. Therefore, like them, we point to Christ and proclaim the gospel. We are in need every day of what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what, how we shall pay the bills, how we should bring our children to school, how to look for work to survive. But remember this truth. It's not, life is not about that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. And you trust in the Lord as you put him first. It's trust in the Lord. We must proclaim the gospel because it's about him. We must teach others about Him because it's about Him. And lastly, last point, we are unworthy. Can you say with me? We are unworthy. We are unworthy. Now, using social norms, John the Baptist identified himself as lower than the lowest servant in contrast to Christ. So men would see the greatness of the Messiah. Who is this preacher who, that all Judea and Jerusalem would come to him? He must be a really good preacher. Let's investigate. 
And uh, among born of men, this is in Scripture. None is greater than John the Baptist. No miracles, but what? Somehow he woke up a dead nation. And then the most of all privileges, he was able to point to the Messiah. The first one who ever did. Our lives should see the greatness of the Messiah, not the greatness of us. Not our accomplishments or non-accomplishments. Not our success or failure. Because it's not about us, it's about Him. That's the attitude we must have. He made it about us on the cross. He denied Himself. He suffered with thinking about us. He made it about us. We live on earth making it about Him. Are we clear there? But many still think it's about us, me. I've heard so many teachings on the center of the universe is the bride of Christ. Oh, brother. I wanted to walk out. He makes it about his bride. We are not to make it about ourselves. That must be clear. We prepare for him. We are unworthy. Think of the lowest. Let's go there and identify ourselves there. What is worship? It's bringing ourselves to the lowest and then exalting him to the highest. With our words, with our hearts, we bring him to the highest. How great thou art. And we bring ourselves to the lowest. I once was blind, now I see. A wretched like me. We bring ourselves to the lowest, then we bring him to the highest. How great is our God. So when you sing that, please don't sing it. How great is our God. It's from your heart. How great is our God. When you say some good thing happened, you say God is good. And you don't just say it because it's a cultural norm. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. No, because you mean it in your heart. He is good. He is gracious. We are unworthy. We are wretched sinners, unworthy to be the lowest slaves. But God is merciful through Christ. Although we know the power of His grace, we will never forget that we are unworthy. We have nothing to boast except His grace. What is His grace? That includes His mercy and favor. Favor! Does God owe you anything? Nothing. Brother, probably God saw something in you. That's why he chose you. No, 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 no. no. Wrong line of speaking. Pastor, pastors, long, wrong line of encouragement. You know, like all of us, you are nothing. 
You ask me, what did God see in me? I have an answer, nothing. What is it about? The grace. But do your actions have consequences? Of course. You saw what you read. We know these truths and we live it. But deep in our hearts, it's all about and it gives us the freedom. Hallelujah. It doesn't have to be about me. Amen? Don't you feel free? Imagine, how many points do you need to get to heaven? Praise God, it's not about that. Oh, wow. And that's why we are forever grateful. There is none like him. And give you now a piece of poetry entitled, I am not. Oh, how beautiful the witness. The witness with so much richness, spoken with such clarity, with so deep sincerity. John was emphatic, I am not. And he made it clear every dot. Not the Christ and not the prophet, but he was the voice that God sent. Who am I then? I am nothing. And even if I am baptizing, I am lower than the lowest. But I'll show you who's the highest. John the writer spoke about John. Both their missions considered done. The beloved and the Baptist, it's about Christ they will persist. Now we read about John and John, who spoke mainly about the Son. Therefore, we too shall speak the same, that all might believe in his name. Let's all rise. Thank you, Lord, for this morning's word. Thank you for reminding us of this precious truth. John's role was to be the witness, forerunner, the voice, make straight the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord. He spoke about somebody they did not know because only the Father knew him. And he knew the Father. And he would introduce the Father and the Spirit to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You glorified God when you died on the cross. It was about Him. Yet you also made it about your children, His children. That there, may, there would be a way. You are the way. And as you have taught us to believe in your suffering, death, and resurrection. As you called us to believe in who you are and what you've done. Allow us to live, not making it about us. And we know you will free us from our depression. You will free us from our self-centeredness. You will free us from our insecurities because it's not about us. It is about you. And what we do is for you and with you as you work in us and through us. Thank you, Lord. 
for the witness of John the Baptist and the account of John the Beloved. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you.